What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Listening to B. Mitch and Finley, points north, south, east, and west. Good morning, Brian. How do you do? I'm good, brother. Got up this morning, got on the treadmill, JP. Good. Hyped. Good for you, man. How many miles? I only did 3.4 today. It's a good start to the day. Yeah. You walking or running? Both. I did a combination. I did Yesterday, I went back home and did... Like, I ended up right at close to 10 miles total yesterday. It's a good day, man. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out, I assume, all the local school districts, but certainly Montgomery County, where I live, there was a trace of snow on the ground, and the kids still had to go to school on time. Yeah, they, they went to school in uh, Loudoun and also Fairfax because there was nothing on the roads. I would argue it would make more sense for the kids to have had a delay today than when it was raining last month, but we don't need to start this whole argument again. Yeah, I think you just look at the possibility of ice. That's what you got to be worried about. And yeah. I think the possibility of ice was not there. We all knew it was going to be on the grass and things of that nature. But the I looked outside this morning. I saw snow on the grass and every road clear. <laughs> so it was cool. I uh, I made a point of leaving early because people can barely drive in rain. So I figured they certainly couldn't drive with a little bit of snow on the ground. Yeah. And uh worked out. Got down here. Um I went to the Terps game last night. You did? And I was out late. Do I sound any different? What do you call late? Uh, I mean, I, I think, I, what time did that game end? I bet I got home at like 12.15-ish. Yeah, about the same time. What's that? That's the same time you went to sleep? <laughs> I don't believe you. Dude, I'm, I I don't go to sleep early. I refuse to go to sleep early. Uh, I got, yeah, I got home about 12.15. Five oh. to six hours is enough for sleep, man. You get past that, then you're sluggish all damn day. Uh, that's probably about what I got. I was asleep probably like 1230-ish up at Yeah, you seven. walked in the house and just passed the hell out, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I watched a little TV in the Uber on the way home. I watched just like Jack Ryan on my phone. So I was kind of, I had a half hour to kind of just chill out. Uh-huh. Um, Dude, all right, so I just saw this. When I was driving in this morning, there were cops everywhere flying around. Well, I saw them flying up Maine right here. So, uh, Jumi Olabanji, that Jumi yeah. works at, at NBC4, um, does a good job. I follow her on Twitter. She said there was a shooting at the Potomac Avenue Metro Station um, here in Southeast. Um, three victims, adult males, the mayor's heading to the scene. Jeez. Um, that explains why there were just cops full yeah. lot. Dude, and you can tell, like. Where is that station, though? Off Main Avenue. Up this way? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, like, right there where there's, like. That big what, park, two ninety five, and all that stuff coming in there. It's kind of on the other side of that. It's it's like after the wharf, as you keep going straight down M Street, I think. Coming this way though. Oh no, you're right. It's the other side. Yeah, I'm saying that way. I'm, I'm trying to see where the hell we at. I never know where we are. Okay, in this going down here, away the, from going towards uh, Maryland area, going like past Capitol Hill, kind of. Potomac Avenue. Um, yeah, it was a shooting at Potomac Ave Metro. Yeah, dude, there were cops morning. everywhere. But that would be that way, right? No, that way. I, well, they listen, were all going that way this morning when I was coming through. It's an through. audio medium, so we have to stop <laughs> pointing. <laughs> but yeah. well, we certainly People understand what the hell we said. Away from where the wharf is is where I saw all of them going. Yeah. I didn't see right. them going like, to kinda back towards RFK. Kind of towards RFK. Yeah, towards yeah RFK. that's where they yeah. were going to. Yeah. Agreed. I think, I could be wrong, I think Pete lives right over there. Um. So, 
Certainly hope everybody's all right. Um, yes. We are going to be joined by Alfred Williams here in Big about Al. 20 minutes. Obviously, a ton of major football news in the last couple hours, I'd say, in the last 24 hours, certainly. Yeah. Um, starting with Sean Payton taking the Broncos job. Yep. So for any of the Sean Payton's coming to Washington conspiracy theories. That's out the window. That's gone. She, she gone. Um, we'll ask. Al about this, but dude, when I call Al, Denver he was, is desperate. When I call Al, he was straight up. That's done. <laughs> like that's done deal, dog. I mean, God I mean, bless them. They they got rid of their coach, so you have to go get a coach who has legitimacy. And I think uh, he does. Sean Payton does. The last coach didn't. He didn't. And so I think. And but the thing about it is, this is this is where people are going to. I know we in this town. Everything is about first-round draft pick and high draft picks. Other people understand players. And if I can get the right coach to coach the players, and if I'm willing to spend money with you got a $54 billion dude that owns that team, it's no problem for him to put stuff in escrow. So they'll go out and get their players. They may not have a first-round draft pick, but I promise you they'll be signing some damn free agents if they can. And this is a team that probably will go right up to where the salary cap is. And oh, they might. You and they'll, I, they'll you, and I you and I understand. <laughs> if you have the wherewithal, you can manipulate the hell out of that salary cap. If if you have a little bit, you know, a little little um let's see creativity creativity in your mind, you can go over the salary cap. Because so, you just gotta make sure that it is not probably gonna be earned. And you throw a little clause in there, boom, the dude gets money that ain't going to really affect things at a point. And I think a lot of teams do that on a regular basis. Because sometimes we see people sign and we're like, how the hell are they going to get under the cap? And they live under the cap. Do you know what the uh, the dead money cap hit would be if you tried to release Russell Wilson this year? Then It's not going to happen. <laughs> $107 million. They're not, they're not doing that. <laughs> I think they, real, they really – They don't have a ton of – they are under the cap. They're about eight million under the cap. That's with the sixteen. Yeah, they don't have a ton of space available, and I mean, there's not. Look, at, this is a brief glance at their cap situation via over the cap. There's not a lot of spots they can trim. Um, you could cut Graham Glasgow and clear eight mil. You could cut Ronald Darby, former commander. Yeah, that clear defense six was okay. Mil. I mean, they have some. The crazy part about them is. Assuming Russ can revert back from being an alien to a human, like they don't have a lot of glaring holes. They don't. I, 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 but, I'd but, have to uh, check their offensive but line. See, the but thing like, about it, we, we look at things sometimes, and it, all it takes is a, a guy with a clever mind to come in and put people in the right spots and have everybody on the same page so they can understand what the hell's going on. How many times have we seen one coach be at a team and they're garbage, and then he leaves and somebody else rolls in, you go, well, damn, what the hell happened? You know what I'm saying? It's that just, can happen. It perhaps we've been blinded by two decades of mediocrity in Washington. I mean, to know the differences that can arise. Thing I mean, it's like you know, we we look at sometimes we 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 can we could we start to speculate what's going on. Sometimes it's just there is no damn guidance. You know, there are a lot of coaches out there who are great X and O's guys, but they don't know how to lead a football team. There are guys sometimes who can lead a team, but they can't put together X's and O's. Then there are guys who you look at and you go, I don't know how the hell he has success, but he does all the time because the people understand it's not about what we think on the outside. It's not about what people think on the outside. It's about 
how do you get the guys that you have under you to buy into what you're selling? Well, and if that wasn't enough news, and we're going to talk about Sean Payton going to Denver, and, and because, dude, Denver has given up a lot. This is via Nikki Javala from the Post. She just put all the information in one spot. Denver, in the last two years, has acquired now Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. They've given up last year's first and second and fifth, this year's first and second, two firsts and a second this year, mm-hmm. and next year's second. So you need it to work because there's not a lot of reinforcements immediately. You need it to work. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be interesting. I think uh, a lot of pressure on, on the Denver situation. But, B, I, the Junks were having this debate this morning. I don't know how much of a debate there is, especially if you allow yourself to be driven by results. Tom Brady... Formally announced his retirement again, uh, this time in a video where he started to tear up at the end. It was on his Twitter. It was on his Instagram. um, All sorts of stuff. Uh, Let's hear Tom Brady. I I, I thought this was pretty cool. Let's hear him. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. You get a little, little, little emotional there. Kind of seemed like it. Did you? Did you I watch saw it, it? And he did. It seemed legit. Um, seemed like he was sitting on a beach. I don't know if that's Miami or Tampa or what. Um, in Miami, I'm not gonna believe him. If it was in Tampa, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Do you believe him? I, I believe him. You know, and I had a conversation with someone this, I was driving in this morning and asked me, did I think he means it this time? I said, his numbers as far as yards were up there, but he threw it more than anybody had ever thrown it. It was the second. Uh, he has the top two ever. And I just think that Tom, there are many athletes that have his type of mindset where, I may drop a little bit, but I'm not going to be embarrassed on the football field. I don't think he's going to get to the point where they got to drag him off. I think once he see that thing start to get – he's got to the peak and about to start to go the other way, I'm going to roll on out of there. I don't want to be on that Lindsey Vaughn. I just – I wonder – He, I believe he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just – I'll believe Brady is really done when – Maybe, I, I honestly, when September comes and he's not on a roster. Well, I mean. He's a free agent. And, I mean, there's some really good, like, situations out there that he could just walk into. Say Rodgers stays in Green Bay, which contractually, financially, like all the mechanisms involved make it easiest for him to stay, right? Can you work stuff out? Sure. Maybe that'll happen, but. 
he could land with the Jets, get to play the Pats twice a year. The mm-hmm. Jets have good young weapons, a good defense. I just, dude, Brady's numbers this year were good. Um, now he threw a absurd amount of times, mm-hmm. but statistically, I mean, it, things were in line with kind of his career norms. I mean, he completed sixty-seven percent of his passes for forty-seven hundred yards. <laughs> 25 touchdowns and nine picks. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's the thing about it, though. Dude, I, yeah. I don't think this is normally, going to happen. Normally, Tom Brady is somewhere around 38 touchdowns or higher. And we see 25 and nine, and based off of what we see normally, we go, oh, he had a good year. In Tom's situation, that wasn't a good year. Tom is more 38 and four, 38 and five, 38 and six, 42 and three, things of that nature. So he dropped off, but he is so damn good. He's been so good. Even when he looks good compared to the others, you got to look at what Tom Brady has done. I don't think that last year was a great year. You watch a lot of the games. They were not scoring over 20 points. Yeah, they struggled. They were struggling. He was throwing the ball in the dirt, throwing all over the place. But ultimately, a lot of most of his passes were short passes. Wasn't anything really going down the field on a consistent basis. So I did not see the Tom Brady. I'm I'm accustomed to seeing. Their lines beat up, their receivers were beat up. But yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just you know what? They ranked below the commanders in points scored. How about that? They ahead though in yards. Um do you think he's done? Uh I think he's done. I'd like to ask the CBSO to to chime in here. Uh, Landfill, do you think Brady's done? Well, he's clearly done. I don't know if he'll keep playing, but (laughs) if you watched him the past couple of seasons, uh, he sucks. Um, He sucks compared to Tom Brady and his best, but compared to the NFL, this version of Brady is probably still a top half of the league starter. I mean, maybe, but that's not saying much. Um you know Tyler Huntley's in the Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, he should he should retire. He should stay retired. I think he's going to this time. Yeah, he's forty five years old. He's older than I am. He, which is just remarkable. He wrecked his family to come back for one more year in the NFL to be the fourteenth best quarterback in the league. What is this guy doing? I think his family was wrecked before. I think it was more going on. We we say he wrecked it. Hell, Giselle was doing enough stuff too. I think they were going to be wrecked no matter. They were going to be they were going to be wrecked no matter how it goes. But hey, let's just understand: if you dating somebody, you married somebody, and they're dead, and they love a craft. You got to love the craft too, because if 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 Tom had ever told her to stop stop modeling when she was modeling, you think she would have just stopped? Hell no. Why the man always got to be wrong? That's what I'm saying. It's like I think sometimes yeah. sometimes let's let's get it straight. There are many people in situations, you marry that dude because he has the, the means and the wherewithal. But then when you get with him, you don't want him to do the things that allows him to get that. So is that being unfair? I don't unfair? think Giselle was getting with Tom for the means and the wherewithal. No, she had the means. But she wasn't going to go with a broke-ass man, though. So she did go for somebody that had the means and wherewithal. But since she was starting to taper off her career, now she wants him to taper off his career. I think... I think that's BS. I think as a group, we can collectively say we have no other time tampered off his career. We have no idea what happened with the Brady Giselle marriage. I don't think we have any idea. We don't have an idea, but I'm just talking about on a normal pace how things normally go. If you go with somebody because they are doing something and they're making a lot of money, 
When you get with them, allow them to do the things that because when you stop that, guess what? They're going to not have what you want, and you won't be able to live the life you thought you were. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk Denver Broncos hiring Sean Payton when we return. Alfred Williams joins the program. Don't go anywhere. It's be Mitch and Finley. Landfill, I'd like you to start an investigation, please. I just used the toaster, and some maniac had the toaster set at full blast. Who who toasts like that? I don't toast bread here. We all know who it was. Who? Chris Russell. Had to be. We'll have to investigate. Put our full investigative team on it. Right now, time to get down to business. Get to some business, man. Figure out what is going on in Denver. Joining the program is Alfred Williams. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Al Radio via the BetQL guest line. Alfred, thank you for taking some time with us, man. Sean Payton to Denver. How did this all shake out? Man, I'll tell you what. It was an exhaustive process. Uh, we got rid of our coach with two weeks left to go in the regular season. And what we decided to do was uh, to go after a veteran coach that had some experience. After going through everything that we went through and being the laughing stock of the NFL uh, last year, it was important. It was really important that uh, we have a stable person in that position that could lead the team in the right direction because it's just been – you know, something you guys know about. It's been bad around here. <laughs> How you know we know about things being bad, man? Hey, man. You know, you know, like you guys out there in the D.C. metro area, we have a lot of championship pedigree around us here in Denver. And um, uh, we just know when it's right and we know when it's wrong. And uh, it's been wrong around here for roughly uh, five or six years. We had, had head coaches that, got the position of head coach and had to accept the fact that they didn't get their offensive coordinator that they wanted. They got what the organization wanted to give them in both Vance Joseph and um, Coach Fangio, uh, Vic Fangio. Uh, they were both handed to offensive coordinators. They had to go out and make changes after the first year in both cases. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it, and, and many times in football, it's not, um, it's not necessarily what you know, it's how you start. And if you start off badly, it's hard to recover most times. Al, you know, you're a straight shooter. And I think, you know, you look at last year, and last year was awful in a sense. But right now, based off of you, you have Russ there. Last year he didn't have a good year, and I think many people would say it was the coach, and some people say it was him. Having Sean Payton right now, what's the difference in opinions that you've seen around town? I think Russ had to be humbled, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. I think Russ came in here, you know, one of the main conversations that were had about uh, Russell Wilson, that he has never really garnered any MVP votes. So coming into Denver, you know, I think he thought he was going to tear it up and be uh, one of the guys that has 5,000 yards passing and 40 touchdowns plus and uh, lead a team to the playoffs. He's not built like that, man. Just being totally honest with you. He can't play that game. He doesn't have that in him uh, to throw the ball for 5,000 yards in a season. And we're talking about a 17-game season now. We're not talking about a 16-game mm-hmm. season where 5,000 yards feels like a uh, uh, an immaculate type of season. Russell Wilson's not built like that. He had to be humbled. Some of the things that uh, he was allowed to do last year can't, can't be allowed to ever happen again in an NFL setting. You can't have your own office next to the coaches. You can't have six parking spots for your staff at the facility. I mean, it, it, it's something for out of your a staff. That's so <laughs> real, real housewives of, of you can have a staff, I mean, it, it but was, they got to work at their own damn office. 
Yeah, man. Look, look, man, <laughs> Russ, man. You know, you know, maybe the people out there don't understand in the DMV, but let me tell you something, man. Russell out here, the conversation will was. Will Russell Wilson have more touchdowns than bathrooms? He had 12 bathrooms in his house, and the question was, <laughs> will he have more touchdowns than bathrooms here in Denver? It was I hope he's eating man. a lot of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 you know, he bought the biggest record. I mean, he bought the biggest house on record here in the Denver metro area. And, look, man, I ain't trying to count nobody money. But, you know, w- when you have a house of that size and that stature, then have your staff over at your house. Why do they have to be at the facility? So yeah, I think yeah. all of those things will change. And a guy like Sean Payton is needed to change that culture. Yeah, I think like some level quarterbacks, they have staffs and all that, but it should not be at the building because I think that, that looks a little ridiculous. You got to – you know what? You got that much money? Go build them a little office. Uh, we're, we're talking with Alfred Williams here. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Al Radio. Um, Alfred was a first-round pick by the Bengals in 91, won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos, and played his college ball at Boulder. At the bling, for, bling, for the Colorado man. Colorado Buffaloes. Um, Al, I have a simple question about Russ Wilson. Can, can you confirm that he's been taken over by an alien and is no longer a human? <laughs> Man, that is the best question I've had. He seems like an alien, dude. And I can't answer. I, I can't <laughs> answer it, honestly. Um, <laughs> That's the best part. I mean, what what kind of question is that? But it's a good one. Dude, it seems like an alien to me. I do don't you, know. Do, do you feel, based off of what you saw offensively last year and coaching, do you think Sean Payton can get things on the right track? Well, I know that Sean Payton's going to be able to get things uh, going on the right track because of his track record with different offensive personnel. And and when you look at what he's had to deal with, uh, he's delivered the goods offensively. And I think when you look at his team, they've always played with an edge, whether that's defensively, special teams. You know, we talked to a couple guys yesterday from the Saints organization that talked about the onside kick in the Super Bowl. Yes. And uh, when, when was it installed? And like a good coach, for the biggest moment, you install it in training camp, and you tell the team we're going to run it this week, you know, or we're thinking about running it this week. And then we were told at halftime they told the team that they were going to run the onside kick that they had been practicing, and everybody got excited. And you know you have to prepare for the moment. Uh-huh. You know, this, this is this you don't you don't get to these places in the NFL where we start to talk about championships without preparing for the moment, and sometimes. You need to get your ass smacked early so that you understand that you're not ready for the moment. And take a look at the Buffalo Bills. I think they got smacked, and they understand that they're not ready for the moment. And when you look at the Denver Broncos, we were really smacked down because we were never ready for critical moments of games. And you go back to the first game last year against the Seattle Seahawks in prime time, bro, in prime time against the Seattle Seahawks, and we were the laughing stock of the entire NFL after that first weekend in the NFL, and it continued. Yeah. Um, so beyond Russ reverting from alien life form back to human life form, <laughs> what are the holes for Denver? Because, I, I mean, just looking at the roster, there's not a ton of cap space there. You could, you could uh, like every year, you could release some veterans or try to rework some contracts and, and, and come up with a little space. But – it seems like they've built a pretty good team. I, I like the wideouts. I know they had some injuries. Um, what what do they need to to fix that thing? 
we need an intelligent coach who knows how to put a good game plan together and know how to attack the different levels of the defense, whether it's the first, second, or third levels of the defense. We need somebody that knows how to really attack it. And I think uh, we got that now. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen for our defensive coordinator. Now, the talk around town is, uh, an invitation was sent back out to our former head coach, Vic Fangio, to come back as a defensive coordinator. Now, think about that. Just last year, right around this time, he was the head coach of the Broncos that was uh, released, and now they're going to ask him to come back as a defensive coordinator. I don't know if he, you know if he's going to do it. I don't know if I would do it, but um, figuring out what we're, what we're going to do on defense. Is it a 4-3 defense? Is it a 3-4 defense? We need offensive line help and in particular, we need interior offensive line help. When you look at Drew Brees when he was at the best, and I'm only talking about, Bruce, uh, talking about Drew Brees because he is an undersized quarterback. Russell Wilson is an undersized quarterback. Which, when you look at them, they were great at the guard positions, both left and right, and they were great at the center position. We have to make sure that those three positions will never be challenged again around here in Denver if we want Russell Wilson to be good because he has to have some space between that center, that guard, and you have to have at least three or four yards so you can have an ability to see the field and push the ball down the field. We've got to be better at guard center. Um, well, we'll see if it happens for you. I, I did want to ask you a couple other questions, and forgive me for going off topic here. I'm speaking with Alfred Williams out in Denver, won two Super Bowls with the Broncos. Um, you talked about some defensive coaches that got stuck with bad OCs that wasn't their choice. And I can't help but think you're talking about Pat Shermer as one of them. Um, Pat Shermer has been connected with the commander's offense coordinator job here. Um, one, I guess, where are you talking about Shermer? And two, what did you think of his run in Denver? Uh, I was actually talking about uh, Scangarillo. Okay. Scangarillo was the first-time <laughs> offensive coordinator yeah. with Vic Fangio in his first year here, and Vic Fangio selected uh, Coach Shermer uh, after he fired Rich Scangarillo. Okay, what did you so, think of Shermer while he was out there then? Because those were some bad hated offenses. It. <laughs> He's like, hated it. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an in-living color? Me, uh, yeah. Here, here. <laughs> Let me let me tell you, you know, um, not telling you that the guy doesn't know offense, but his greatest year came when Case Keenum was playing quarterback for him in in Minnesota with the Vikings. Outside of that, run, yeah. I don't see much history of great offensive performance. Now, if Case, if you were telling me Case Keenum was going to be your quarterback and Pat Shermer was going to be your offensive coordinator, I'd say go for it. But you guys are in a world of trouble right now because I think that you're going to be slow to go on mostly everything because you guys are in the middle of a sale of a team. And I, I just think you're just going to allow the ship to go rudderless without a real owner. So that's a, that's a tough situation that you guys are in. I, we talk about you guys out, out here in Denver because we think that that team is built and is ready to win. And you need a, you need an offensive minded coach and you need a quarterback and you're ready to go, but oh, we don't have both I, I don't of those. Think that you're going to get it. Instead we have Sam Howell and Ron Rivera. <laughs> right, and you know, I was, you know, the, the you know, w- what we've been speculating is the right move for the, um, for the Washington Commanders is to go out and get a guy like Derek Carr, who's going to come out of this contract situation with the Raiders in a better position than than ever he thought. You know, whether that's going to the Jets or going to the Washington Commanders, it's going to end up yielding better results for 
one of the two teams. I think that's just a natural progression for uh, two teams that are ready to go that just need a quarterback. And I'm I'm quite sure you guys have talked about it a little bit, but uh, he seems to be the perfect match for you guys. Um, I just don't think they're going to pay him. And Carr is going to command a lot of money. To your point about the lack of ownership, Carr is going to get what? 35, 40 mil a year, and somebody's got to cut that check and put it into escrow the day they sign them? Ain't happening. I don't know. Um, Last one, Al. Um, You are a Colorado Buffalo. I think you won a natty in college, those really good Bill McCartney teams. Um, Deion Sanders just took over the Buffalo's job. Deion Deion is in Boulder. You got a bunch of hippies and Deion. Is it going to (laughs) work? You know what, man? I think it's gonna work. You know, I, I, I saw something today on my uh, on my Twitter timeline, and it was Little Wayne in the CU's uh, athletic facility just hanging out with Dion. There are some things that you you get with Prime that you don't get with other coaches, man. And that's the ability to to take the most popular people in pop culture and integrate them into Boulder, Colorado. Listen, Boulder's not built like that, you know. And, I, and I'm here to tell you, when we were rocking and rolling and winning a ton of games and championships down there in Boulder, it was not easy. And we were on the cover of Sports Illustrated at, at one point for having all these arrests that happened because the police weren't ready for uh, this this collective of young black athletes from all around the country. Listen, man, we needed help. We had a we had to go out and get a guy by the name of Dr. Will Miles to come in and. And, and 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 calm us down at times because uh, it was not uh, it was not the greatest atmosphere early on. But by, I got to tell you, by 1989, it was smooth sailing, man. And I'm telling you, it's been great ever since for the student athletes there. But um, at some point, you know, you need a man to take over the program that uh, that can lead. And I think Dion is the right guy, man. Right now, Dion Sanders, I think, is doing a great job. Once again, when you got pop icons showing up at the University of Colorado in this new digital age of social media, that weighs heavy in, the, in these kids' mind that they're going to be a star, and he's going to aid that. Well, dude, I, I mean, as a kid, I loved Colorado. I mean, I remember Eric Bieniemy, who we're going to talk about for an hour here in D.C. Uh, I mean, I, I remember Bieniemy, Cordell Stewart, Michael Westbrook, Rashad Salam. Like, the jerseys were cool. You got Ralphie the Buffalo running around killing people like I I just I loved that program when they were good and important in college football and and I'm excited and hope they uh they get back there I'm guessing you overlap with the enemy at Colorado Uh, I don't know if you know him uh, could speculate you think he would I'm sorry Eric and I came in before you even asked the question yes he'd be a great offensive mind for you there with the Washington Commanders um, you think Eric take- and I came into the University of Colorado uh, uh, same year, 1987, and we played all four years together. We were all Americans together. We played uh, in the league against each other uh, for many years, and I, I hold him as one of my best friends. You know, I was the captain of the national championship team. Eric was a star offensive player, along with Mike Pritchard and Darian Hagan. And you know what he's become. What he's become. Uh, as a head coach, I mean, excuse me, as an uh, uh, assistant head coach, uh, is unbelievable, man. His demeanor, he's a tough-ass dude. Now, I got to tell you. And, that, you and like that was, that, I think that's what people talk about a lot. Well, why, 
you need to hold people accountable. I mean, too many of these knuckleheads yeah. that they think they can do what the hell they want to do. Now, now, BMX, now you said it now. Now, a lot of people, now, you know, you know, I have an issue here. And once again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about my friend here. Um, I have a problem here because we've had guys that have left Kansas City and the general manager's role that have gone on to have these important positions, not select Eric Bannemi. And I have a problem with that because they know what kind of person he is. He is a family man through and through. He is a tough-ass coach, and he leaves no stone unturned. Mm -hmm. He is dedicated to the craft. He's talking about it all the time. As a matter of fact, you know, I've told you uh, I've known this guy since I was 18 years old. We don't talk until the football season is done. <laughs> that's, that, that's how serious he takes it yeah. because he's watching film, man. He's doing something, you know what I'm saying? And with the little time that he has away from football, he's with his family. So uh, I, I don't understand why an organization hasn't chosen him yet. I can guarantee you this. There have been some piss-poor decisions for head coaches out there, and Eric Benjamin certainly deserved it. Uh, before a guy, I'm not going to even mention his name. Let's just say the coach out in Thailand. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, you think he would come to Washington? I don't know. You know, uh, I, once again, I told you we don't talk until after the season, but I would imagine that it's time for him to exit Kansas City stage left. It's time to go. It's time to. It's time for him um, to be seen as the offensive innovator that he is. And I don't think that uh, staying in Kansas City benefits him any longer. I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about every time you mention the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, you mention Andy Reid and his greatness. You don't, you don't mention, you know, um, the offensive coordinator who is Eric Bieniemy of record. And, and you know, D'Amico Ryan's took a job, um, you know, after being an assistant, I think five or six years. Eric has been in this league, man, almost, you know, almost fifteen years or so. It should have been him some time ago, uh, but I think once he gets to the next position that he has, people will understand and know what he's all about. There you go. Hey, Al, thank Appreciate you so it, much. Al, man. We Good might stuff, have to brother. follow up if they hire Eric. Get you out here. Oh, man, no no problem, man. Listen, man, I'm always in your guys' hood. Uh, if you ever need me, just give me a shout, man. Love the people out there. Love our nation's capital. And, and man, uh, can't wait to see what you guys do with that quarterback position. Right, same here. Thank you so much. We're on the same boat. <laughs> Give Al a follow at Big right, Al, appreciate Al you, Radio. That was terrific stuff. Oh, yeah. Almost as terrific <laughs> as working with John Leahy. Yep. You got to buy a house or sell a house, he's the guy you want to be. And if you want a stress-free home sale with no hiccups, you reach out to my friend John, just like Jacqueline. Jacqueline needs to move to Ohio to help care for her mother, so she contacted an EXP agent in Ohio to help her search for a home there. But she needed an agent in Maryland to help her sell her home in Capitol Heights. She needed to be with her mother ASAP, but felt she also needed to be present to sell a home in Maryland. But you can't be in two places at one time, so she was feeling very stressed. So her, her, her Ohio agent put her in touch with John and his team. And after talking with Jacqueline and assuring her that she can go ahead and move to Ohio and let John and his team take care of her selling her home, she went ahead and moved on. The experts at the Fine Living Group went to work, listed her home for $305,000, and in two weeks, it was under contract for $307,000, and it closed within 30 days. Jacqueline was happy with John and, and how his team relieved her of all that stress and helped her get where she needed to be. We're talking about John Leahy and the Fine Living Group of EXP Realty. Go to johnsellsdmv.com and find out your home's value in seconds. It only takes a few seconds to request an instant cash off on your home at johnsellsdmv.com. 
And John offer you flexible fees customized to your needs. How about this? If you want to sell your house and you just need a little bit of help before you do it, maybe you're short on cash, don't give up. Talk to John. He and his team can help tee up your home for market by getting you up to $50,000. You heard that right, fifty k to make repairs and upgrades you need, making your home irresistible to buyers and getting you more money than you just settle up on the back end with John at closing. Call John today, 301-900-3052. Go online to johnsellsdmv.com, or what's even easier, just Google John Leahy Group and start packing. Dude, if you missed any of our interview with Alfred Williams, two-time Super Bowl winner Hell yeah. with the Broncos and a national title winner at University of Colorado. You got to go to the Odyssey Get app. on the Odyssey app and hit rewind. I just got this tweet from Dylan Huff. It says, hey, JP, Big Al is one of the best I've heard on 106.7 The Fan. I love you. All right, and this is getting personal. He'd like to meet me in person. I will keep, he says, keep being you. Okay, we will do. Thanks, Dylan. Um, come by the station. We'll send Jeff down. Uh, awesome interview. I thought I, 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 as soon as it happened yesterday, I reached out to immediately him because I know he'll tell us exactly what he feels. The the stuff about Peyton was super interesting mm-hmm. and about Russ. What he, yo, your boy that's on boots on the ground in Denver can't confirm he hasn't been taken over by an alien. That tells you something. And the whole Russ Wilson thing is just out of control. And they're lucky that Sean Payton ideally will come in and put his foot up his ass. But um, I, I was far more interested in what he said about Eric Bieniemy, yeah, yeah. considering they were college teammates, best friends, co-captains of a title team. Um, it sounded like, from Al's perspective, Eric's got to get out of KC. And if he's got to get yeah. out of KC, I think that opens the door a little wider for the commander. I think what happens is, uh, and, and this is two totally different things, but it works in this sense. When things work well, they always give the credit to Andy. If it goes bad, they go bad, then they'll try to say something about, uh, uh, I mean, about uh, Eric. Uh, just like you go play the Lakers with LeBron, things go well. It's LeBron. If things go bad, it's you. And I think what you do, you go away from that stuff sometimes, and then you get to set your own. Our reputation of what it's about. But I've had conversations with Andy right on these airways. We talked to him. And he talks about how much uh, Eric is involved and the fact that he does call plays. But nobody cares to hear that because we have a lot of people in media that they want to keep people in certain positions. Eric Bieniemy has done enough, and the damn coach that hired him tells you, but people still won't believe what Andy says. But So, therefore, you got to get outside of that to be able to go out there and establish your own reputation, your own way. I want to talk Enemy. I want to talk Beyonce, and I want the damn police called about the toaster situation. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to me, Mitch and Finley.